Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Great to have you here with us on this Tuesday. So, um, the storm on Monday may have been a lot of fun for some. Others, it was a complete nightmare. Mainly, it would be those who left their homes thinking, hey, I'm going to go to work, uh, only to find themselves literally stuck on our highways. And that's what happened on the 401. Thousands of cars had to come to a sudden stop. And drivers, you know, they thought they'd be inching forward and finally able to exit the highway, only to find themselves parked in place for up to 10 hours because the roads couldn't be cleared and cars were stuck all over the place. And if you didn't have a full tank of gas or food or a bathroom, can you imagine that 10 hours? Can you imagine being pregnant? It would be hell. Daniel Sass was stuck on the 401 for 10 hours. He joins us now. Good to have you. Thank you very much, Alex. I really appreciate it. Well, you thought you were going to work. You left the house at 7.15 and uh, 10 hours later, you were still stuck in the same place. So what went through your mind? Uh, well, the first thing I was thinking was, am I even going to make it home tonight? Uh, do I have to abandon the car, or am I just going to sleep in here tonight? I don't and know. You, uh, yeah, I was just going to say, you, you managed to fill your tank up, thankfully. Um, but what was like? What was the scene like? Were people outside of their cars? I mean, were you just not moving at all? Well, for the first hour, people were kind of just patiently waiting, trying to see if the traffic would eventually pick up again. But then eventually people started to get out of their cars, walk around, take a look ahead. And some would even pace down the road, not being like totally out of sight for 10, 15 minutes before coming back and trying to share what they found. And right. it, was, and- uh, it, was, it was mostly due just to transport trucks that were lodged in the sides of the road. And you weren't necessarily um, dressed for a winter storm. I mean, you probably thought, I'll be in my car for 15 minutes and that'll be that. Um, so it's not like, like, were you prepared? Uh, I was uh, wearing jeans, a T-shirt, and a light jacket. So <laughs> it was not exactly ideal conditions. What did you learn, Daniel? What did you learn? Well, I definitely learned keep the car stocked with water, non-perishable foods, possibly blankets, and uh, even a small shovel just to dig yourself out of a hole if necessary. I know. it's it's. We had that incident, and I don't know if you saw it on the news a couple of weeks ago in the I-95 when we, had, uh, when we were seeing thousands and thousands of people. They were stuck out there for two days, and people were running out of gas. They were running out of food. There were pregnant women. There were women with kids. Did any of that to kind of strike? Was there any sense of panic, like this could get really serious? Uh, people weren't necessarily freaking out like that. If anything, I actually saw the better side of people where they started helping each other out. There was actually a guy, he was stuck in the car behind me. He uh, popped open his trunk, grabbed a 24-pack of water bottles, and started passing them out to other cars. Wow. And then you had uh, yeah. myself and other people starting to push cars out of ditches when they would get stuck and the traffic would start to clear up. And what was the communication like? I mean, it's it's interesting because we knew highways were shut down. We knew that people were stuck, but kind of the stories like yours are only really surfacing after the fact. So what kind of communication were you able to get um, as far as reassurance that it was being worked on? Was it just a matter of listening to the news? Uh, yeah, essentially, we just had the radio and uh, people would call their families and friends and try to get stories from them who had better access to 
you know, computers and they can get access from multiple feeds and more in the moment. I'm thinking, you know, what would it have been like? Like, what if you had a large coffee or what if like you're a pregnant woman, and you have to go to the bathroom? Like what the reality is like this 10 hours is a long time to go without food and water. It's also a long time to uh, not have a place to relieve yourself. Yeah, for uh, I was able to hold out okay, but I can only imagine what it must have been like for people going through uh, just their own conditions. Like you said, pregnant women or possibly people with other medical ailments. And so ultimately, when did you start inching your way forward? And um, when did you kind of know th that relief and, and freedom was in sight? Uh, it must have been around between 4.30 and 5 when uh, traffic started to inch, or, inch up bit by bit. And uh, people started to navigate around the transport trucks. And we eventually saw tow trucks starting to take the transport trucks away. This had to be like an absolute nightmare. I mean, it, especially when you know it's bad out, but you just don't think like, yeah, I'm going to get stuck on a major highway and uh, sit there. But this this had the potential to be really, really serious. But I have to think this would have been quite uh, scary. Oh, no doubt. Uh, like the, the scariest part was just the uncertainty, you know, not knowing when or if even it would be over. Well, like, the good seemed... news is you have a... Yeah, go ahead. Oh, no, it just it seemed very endless in the moment. You know, we didn't see a single OPP cop car or any kind of authoritative figure presence at all. So we felt very much on our own out there. Well, uh, you got a hell of a drinking story uh, now to tell. But nonetheless, we're very glad to, to hear you're safe, but certainly uh, lessons learned for, I think, a lot of people through uh, your story and many others. But I appreciate you joining us today. Glad you're safe. Thank you very much, and I appreciate you having me. There you go. That is uh, Daniel Sass, who is one of hundreds of drivers stuck. And I think the big takeaway is, you know, you never think you'll need it until you need it, but just uh, have that pack ready, whether it's a blanket or some food or just water, whatever. You never know. I'm Alex Pearson on Point.